Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew Farhat. I am here with Principal Phil Barnard. Welcome, Phil. Hey, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I am looking forward to Thanksgiving. It's it's coming. It's all on right. its way. You ready for some turkey and some oh, football and all that? I'm ready for all the things. Okay. I, that sounds good. I think I'm always looking forward to the next meal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being a foreigner, I'm going to be honest that Thanksgiving... Um, Tradition is actually a beautiful tradition. It's not one that we've celebrated, uh, not one that I celebrated as a child. So Right. So Phil is uh, from Australia. And so are there any other traditions around this time of year? Or Okay. So you guys just, you know, take November off. You don't have to worry about <laughs> stuff. Well, we're leading into summer over there. So we're all getting ready and getting, you know, getting into our beach shape. Beach November. shape. Yeah. Yeah, you you look like you're more prepared for that than a lot of people. Good job. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm grateful that Phil's here, and we have a great question that we are tackling right now, and that is uh, how can we bring Christ-centered mindsets to the workplace? Mm-hmm. So we go to work every day. It can become a mundane thing, become a routine thing. And so my question is, how do you have the mindsets that Jesus would want you to have? And a presupposition here is that we're a faith-based podcast. And so, yeah, what are some Christ-centered mindsets that would be helpful to our listeners as we go about the daily grind? Yeah, it's a really good question, Andrew. I think we need to start by, you know, being honest, and we both work in a faith environment, so this is one thing that's quite easy to do to come into either a Christian school or a church and bring those Christ-like mindsets. But I think these also work in, in other environments, in secular environments, and just in the general industry and the workforce. Um, these are things that we're going to talk about you can take into your workforce and still apply um, just as easily, in most cases, as if you're in a faith environment. Right. And so now... Wouldn't you say that like followers, follower of Christ, there's that old thought of, well, I don't wear my faith on my sleeve. But then there's another train of thought where it's like, wait a second, your faith is supposed to be a deep part of who you are as a person. And so um, how can you just kind of be yourself at your workplace and not give in to the thought of, oh, I, I can't like be a Christian here uh, because no one likes us anymore. Well, I think if you consider that you you outwork your faith not just in on Sunday mornings, not just in worship and prayer, but also but how you conduct yourself at work and how you work with the people and how you bless other people and how you bless your boss, which can be a shocking thought for some of some people. Like I, I'm actually here to bless my boss and to help them and to serve them uh, and to serve the people that I'm with. So um, you actively take this in, in carry and it, you know just carry it as who you are. I'm a Christian. I am uh, working for God here. I'm doing things for God and I'm going to make this a better place than when I came in. I liked what you said about blessing your boss. That was really cool. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, That's good. All right. So 
Christ-centered mindsets. Sure. And um, obviously, th- this is a powerful thing if you're uh, going about your daily grind and you want to make a difference each day. You don't want things to get mundane. You also don't want to get off track. You don't want to think, you know, start using people as objects mm-hmm. to get the goals and the results that, and the profits that you want to see happen. And so, Phil, what's your first one? Well, the way I like to think about this is uh, separating it into into two kind of ideas. One is how how do I interact with the people around me? And they could be my colleagues, it could be my boss, it could be people that are reporting or working for me, it could be customers. So how do we interact with people? And then how do I interact with the actual task at hand and the work that I'm supposed to be doing? So let's start off with people. Um, clearly, uh, our faith, our Christian faith is one of love and compassion. So we want to be also always showing love and compassion towards our colleagues um, and towards people everybody is going through a situation everyone is going through life with ups and downs um, and just being cognizant of that that we want to be aware that people might be having struggles Um, can we be a blessing to them in their lives Um, treating them how we would want them to treat us ultimately all right so that's really powerful so first christ-centered mindset is love and compassion i think that there's two thoughts that come to my mind Mm -hmm. based on that is that we are culture setters And then also you talked about people that are having struggles. Mm -hmm. So that means we are also looking for opportunities to show compassion, Mm -hmm. you know, as you said. So let's, let's talk, talk more about culture setting, because I don't know if we always think about this, but like we are modeling the behaviors we want to see from others. Um, And then also like every day you come in, you see a lot of the same people behind the same desks, behind the same cubicles and offices Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so how are you bringing a culture of love and joy to your setting? Yeah. Well, I think it would be be nice in an ideal world that everybody left their life at the door when they just walked in and could just get on with the job and do the job without life affecting them. But that's not reality. to, to an extent, we all put things in our pocket and put on a professional face and say, I'm, I'm here to do a job, but but still people have aches and pains in their life as well. Uh, and I, you know, I'm thinking of an example a few years ago, I was in a in a workforce situation going through some difficult times in my own life. And, and I had a boss that was incredibly compassionate towards that. And he recognized, um, he still held me to high expectations as far as my job was concerned, but he recognized that at times I needed to, you know, drop out of the office to attend to a few things, um, to take care of a few things. Sometimes I was, you know, not quite on my best because of life situations, um, but he was very compassionate towards that. And I thought that was helpful. And in the end, I still managed to do what I needed to do um, with that extra support from him. And then I tried to turn that around with people that I work for. And I understand there was a a colleague of mine once who was also going through a difficult situation. um, And I was able to sit down with her and go, hey, what are the things that I can do that are going to make your life easier right now so that you can do your job, but you can still survive? Um, And are there any things that I would do that are going to make your life more difficult right now because I want to know them as well because I want to stay away from that. So we had an open and honest conversation. Fortunately, she trusted me and I could put into some place some things that helped her do what she needed to do at work, but also survive her daily life. That's huge, man. I think those are great examples. Um, and I think, see, you're, you're a natural at this, you know, so we're blessed to have you. I appreciate that. Uh, blessed to have you in our community. Um, and so love and compassion Um, and Phil, do you mean to say that people are people, they are not objects to get us the results that we want? 
Yeah, in the end, we're responsible for people. God, God cares about people. Jobs are interesting and important, but in the end, jobs are just there for the benefit of people and for the welfare of God's creation. Absolutely. And if you are uh, listening to this and you feel like you're kind of getting into a mindset of seeing people as objects to an end uh, and you want to kind of get some good mindsets to snap out of that, there's a great book called, I think it's The Leadership Deception. Um, And it was uh, written very well, uh, probably about five or 10 years ago. Um, And that is a great book. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. So mindset number two is what, Phil? Uh, I think if we continue to talk about uh, how we deal with people is having a mindset of forgiveness, being quick to forgive people. So um, dealing with conflict well, dealing with conflict openly and honestly with the right people, keeping confidentiality when you need to, um, being transparent with people and being really quick to forgive. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I don't understand forgiveness. We've done a lot of work on that on this podcast. Uh, Go ahead and check out our menu and you can get some good stuff on that. Um, but Phil, like forgiveness and conflict and all of that, like, man, how do you actually go about that when somebody really ticks you off or someone really angers you? Um, is, it some, is it one of those things where you just need to go, go to them and say, hey, I need to talk? Or if you're really charged up, do you need like, uh, someone on staff who's a mediator that, or is, has a skilled mediation mm-hmm. presence or, you know, how do you do it? Uh, I think depending on the situation, you could go both ways. I think it's, um, you know, Matthew 18 in, in the book of Matthew 18, Jesus talks about just going to that person directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I have an issue with someone, I want to talk to them directly, mostly because I want to give them the respect of hearing it from me and not hearing it from another party. Um, typically it's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication. I'd rather say, hey, this is what I understood by our interaction or by that event. Um, am I understanding that correctly? Is there other information I need to know? Let's take in an, and assume the best mentality. Um, I assume with all of my stuff, you're here, you want to do a great job, you want to be productive, you want to be helpful. Um, something's coming across that's not quite right. Let's, let's figure out why that is. Absolutely. And here's one thing I know that I've learned over the years is time does not heal division. Repentance and forgiveness does. Mm -hmm. So if you think time is going to just heal something and you're wallowing in bitterness and the other person is also upset with you and gossip is kind of rampant with each of your circles, um, clearly that's not going to help. Now, if you can practice forgiveness and just overlook the offense, Proverbs says it's to your glory to mm-hmm. overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. Um, or it may be one of those ones where you actually do need to talk to them and forgive and make peace and f- work it out and resolve it, have a resolution. Um, and like you said, depending on the situation, you may need someone else to be a mediator that's there. Um, and that's, you know, a very fruitful thing. So, Phil, what's mindset number three today? Mindset number three with uh, talking to people is just having, having that sense of integrity, uh, making sure that your yes is always yes and your no is always no. Following through with what you've said you're able to deliver or accomplish um, or being honest if you weren't able to do it for some reason, just being quick to, to communicate with that person. Hey, I promised you this. I wasn't able to do it. This is why. And here's my resolution. Um, you know, we all we all fail in different things. We all don't 
meet the standards that we want to meet it sometimes that's part of being human um, be quick to realize that and just quick to communicate it love that so what i hear you saying is if you say you're going to be somewhere you should be there be there um if you say you're going to do something you, you told your supervisor or you told another employee you're going to do something mm-hmm. it's probably not cool to just have like a two or three month back burner you know and then someone's like hey i thought you said you're going to take care of this um, but it's, you know, on a to-do list somewhere on your phone or, you know, on a piece of paper buried on your desk or something like that. So I really like what you're saying there. I think that's helpful. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So, so far what I've heard from you is love and compassion, forgiveness, um, and then also integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else can you, what else can you give us? Yeah. The, the next one I'd like to bring up is the idea of servant leadership mm. that we're, um, here to serve the people that God's entrusted us with and mm-hmm. uh, not to rule over them in a hierarchical kind of fashion. Jesus says he came to serve, not to be served. You don't like working for a dictator? Is that what you're saying? Not so much. Okay. No. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and just doing, you know, there, there shouldn't really be any task that you're above. Um, if it's walking around the school, I always try to make sure I'm picking up litter and picking up trash or anything like that, cleaning things. Um, yes, we do have staff that that's their responsibility, but if I can help out with that, I, I would never want to be above that. Um, and I do remember once one of, one of my all-time favorite authors um, was at a conference that I was visiting. And he was, a, he was a very big speaker. This was in England, and he was from America. He'd been flown over for, a, for this big men's conference uh, on serving and servant leadership. And, and at lunchtime, you know, we have a green room set up for him. We have all this food set up for him, and no one could find this speaker. We just didn't know where he was. Um, and we found out the, the venue that we were at was next door to a big uh, Premier League football team. And he was outside during his lunch break washing the cars of the police officers um, who were there at the football game. And wow. we were like, what, why, why are you out there doing that? And he, he, you know, he said, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to serve those who are serving us. Um, and I remember he said, I want those police officers to go home today. And they may have been yelled at by the crowd and, and all sorts of problems going on. But they, they got back to their car and they had a clean car. And they were, I want them to go home to their husbands and wives and saying, you know, look at the blessing someone did for me today. And I thought that was true servant leadership. Someone who was kind of absolutely top of the pecking order, putting himself at the bottom to wash the cars of people, um, which, which was just incredible. That's huge. And I feel like... Um, we have to realize how contagious that is yeah. too. Like it, there's a ripple effect. There's a contagious effect when people see servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think you can get into these other mindsets that aren't as helpful where you're like, well, this is beneath me and I'm in executive leadership or I'm the CEO or whatever. And then all of a sudden you, you, you're, there's just a distance mm-hmm. between you and your team. See, but I think, what servant leadership does is it bridges that distance. And now you're close with your team. You're modeling the behaviors that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So awesome. All right. What else you got? Okay. I want to shift gears now. That was kind of how we relate to the people that we've been entrusted with. Well, mm-hmm. How about how do we take that Christ-like mindset into the work that we have? Um, and I'm reminded in Colossians 3 where it talks about, you know, that we should be diligent and give our best effort in our work as if we're working for the Lord. So yes, we're working for a company and yes, there are profits and yes, there are outcomes. But in the end, we're working for God and we should consider the work of our hands that we do, um, particularly if nobody's looking like 
you know, I'm still doing this for God. I, w- I want to honor God with the work today and with my labor today. That's huge. Because I think that, you know, you might be in a job you don't particularly love. Um, and so there's a temptation to just slack off and not do your best. And then, it, it, and this can be a terrible thing. Like if you're professing to be a follower of Christ and everybody knows you claim that, but then they see uh, laziness or you're slacking mm-hmm. off or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's not a good witness. So I think what you're saying is remember who you're ultimately working for. Mm-hmm. And even if you're in a job that you don't love, um, you still have an opportunity to be a witness with how you live and mm-hmm. how you conduct yourself. Now, with that said, I don't know if I would recommend being in a job you hate for very long. Though, either. Um, Not necessarily, you know. but we all have seasons. Right. Yeah. That's right. You may have a season like that, um, but you, you need to put food on the table and also at the same time, check out how God's wired you and what's available you know, out there. And I, th- I think that's a good point because, you know, part of our psyche at the moment in society is that we should always be doing something that we love 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, but that's not reality. That's not realistic. We can't always be excited about everything we're supposed to do all the time. Sometimes I'm just excited about being able to afford food for my children. And, right. and this job is a means to the end to taking care of my children or taking care of my responsibilities. And that's how you need to look at it. Right. Can you imagine if like, that was the, the commandment? Like you have to do something you're passionate about every day. Imagine telling that to like an agricultural yeah. uh, place and you know, that you have introverts and extroverts and different uh, skill sets and giftings. You know, not everybody's going to be passionate about you know, harvesting a field. <laughs> no. I, I think we're blessed that we do live in a time that um, we do get an opportunity to do the things that we love more often than not. But for... Yeah. I think al- almost all of human history, people didn't. They took the responsibility, they worked hard, they provided for their family. That's right. I'm grateful that um, you have, in your career, Phil, you've been involved in Christian ministry, but then also education. So um, you have a bit of a marriage of the two now in this calling, in this season in your life. And so how is that kind of a nice fit for you? Oh, yeah. Talking about loving your work, I I absolutely do love my work. And to be able to merge the two things of education and the ministry together and to also do it at the base of the mountains, it's like, what a wonderful place to be. Praise God. Well, we're grateful, man. Uh, What else do you got for us today? Uh, I also think about, you know, seeking wisdom from God, um, praying for him and his guidance in the in the field that you're in or the occupation that you're in. He has something that he'd like to see achieved with that. He wants to bless society. He wants to restore society, regardless of whether you're in health or the law firms or or whatever industry that you're in. God can use that to better society. And I think that we should pray for wisdom. Um, How does he want to use you and your job and the things that you are producing or or the people that you are serving to make his society and his people better. Yeah, that's really helpful because I think that, you know, there's probably tendencies that we have as human beings. uh, If we feel like, hey, there's big decisions, uh, there's big meetings coming up. How do I deal with this? Well, probably some typical ways to deal with stuff is to go home, dump it on your spouse, uh, maybe drink some alcohol, maybe overeat, um, you know, binge watch some episodes of TV, go mm-hmm. to bed really late and then figure out what you're going to do in the morning. Um, but I think what you're saying is, wait a second, we have a great resource. We have God. He's our creator. Um, James says, if anyone 
uh, of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. That's James chapter one, verse five. And so this makes me think of, you know, what would, where is your space or what's your rhythm of going out and seeking wisdom in your life? And I think that for me, I'm blessed to be near a, a beautiful park. Uh, so I tend to go out there, um, go for a walk and ask the Lord for wisdom. Or there's a bench out there that I tend to use and I just want to stand still and ask the Lord for wisdom. And I'd say, you know, this week, God's given it to me in a mm-hmm. couple of areas. And, you know, that helps me sleep better at night, honestly. So um, that's really helpful, Phil. Well, he, he is faithful, you know. And then putting your trust in him that uh, he will answer your prayer. It may not always be the way you want it, um, but he will answer it if you offer up those prayers and you seek guidance. And, and wisdom is one of, the, um, one of the things that he really does come through with. So I, I can think of very rare times, I can't think of any, where someone said, I want wisdom and God's not going to give them wisdom. That's a good thought. And it says in the scriptures, Jesus, Jesus says, I believe it's in Luke chapter 11. He says, my father loves to give the Holy Spirit yeah. to those who ask him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you're asking for wisdom, uh, a fruit of wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Uh, they definitely go together, I think, especially in Isaiah chapter 11. Um, so... Uh, if that is the case, man, we have a God who really wants to give it to us. Um, but you also said something very interesting that I think we don't talk about enough. When we do pray, though, for other things, he doesn't always answer the prayers the way we want. Nope. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. You're a parent, Phil. Do you always give your children everything they want? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> We'd be eating mac and cheese every single night and have chocolate, hot chocolates for breakfast. So why do we expect God to? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. just thought I'd add that in there. I, I'm actually glad he doesn't because his knowledge is so much higher than my knowledge. If I got everything that I wanted, uh, it things wouldn't go well. Let's just be honest. You know, I think that you are you're speaking the truth in love right now, and that's what we need to hear. So very good. Um, what's another Christ-centered mindset that we can take with us? Well, I, I think, and, and this is kind of coming to the end of. Um, End, end of these ideas at the moment is just really understanding that your job and our role here is to partner with God and to make society better and to bless humanity. Um, so, you know, it's God's restoration process. He's working through, he's worked throughout history and he's working through every part of our society to bless, to bless others and to make life better. Um, and just really keeping that mindset at the front of your mind. I'm here to serve God. I'm here as a steward of his creation. I'm here as a steward of his people. Um, and ultimately, I'm going to give them back. I'm going to give them back better than I found them. It's a beautiful thought. And it was actually in the time of the 16th century uh, where at the time, the Roman Catholic Church was saying that there were uh, classes of people and there was the spiritual estate and then the secular estate. The spiritual estate were clergy mm-hmm. and monks and nuns and so forth. But then the secular estate was basically all the rest mm-hmm. of the people. Uh, and so there wasn't really a thought that you could bring your faith into the quote unquote secular estate. But Martin Luther, uh, the great reformer came out with what's called the doctrine of vocation mm-hmm. and vocation isn't actually talking about your job, but it's talking about your station of life as a ministry, mm-hmm. wherever God's placed you, you're in ministry. 
And so I love that, that thought. And I wanted to add one final one just to kind of put one in there. That is, I think very helpful is honest and uplifting communication. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Um, especially the uplifting part. Uh, we have great opportunities, uh, every day to, uh, build people up or not. And I think that in each conversation, we should always be thinking about how are we building people up mm -hmm. and who's not in the room that we should be building up. Mm -hmm. Cause I think when people aren't in the room, there's always an opportunity for, for better or worse. Um, and so I believe it's Ephesians 429. This was actually Abraham's memory verse this morning <laughs> where he said, uh, let nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth, mm -hmm. but only that is good for building others up. And I said, Abraham, what do you think that means? And he said, you know, I think it probably means telling someone a compliment and trying to make their day. And yeah. I was like, that's a great answer. And so um, I thought that was good. Yeah. And I think the compliment shouldn't just go to them. I think they should go. It's great to be able to speak a compliment about someone to other people. I call it good gossip. It's, it's where you yeah. spread great reports about people, but not to them, but to the people around them and build them up to the people around them. Um, I think that's just a wonderful culture to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Phil, I appreciate you coming on the show. And if you are listening and you have a question you would love for us to answer or tackle on this podcast, you could submit those to hello at sjdenver.org. Also, if you have been blessed by this episode today, we want to invite you uh, to subscribe and also share it with someone else that you believe could benefit uh, from this podcast. We'll see you next time. You take care.